Welcome to the Strength Talking Shop podcast. I'm your host, Matt Smith. We talk all things strength, coaching, fitness, nutrition, powerlifting, strongman. If it involves a barbell, we're going to talk about it. We are presented by Optimum Nutrition Athletics. We all know that protein is the key to muscle recovery, and Gold Standard's best-selling 100% whey protein provides 24 grams of protein that mix easily using just a glass and spoon. Gold Standard 100% whey is made in their state-of-the-art facility. It's banned substance tested by Informed Choice. And with Optimum Nutrition Athletics program, you can get different items such as their Pro Gainer, which is their Mass Gainer, protein snacks such as their crisp bars, wafers, cake bites, and almonds. And after dominating the sports and nutrition industry for over 30 years, newly created Optimum Nutrition Athletics brings that same trust and quality that knows how to put convenient options for protein in the hands of athletes who desire to become bigger, stronger, and better at their sport. If this is something that you're interested in and in getting into your facility, reach out to Dave Harvey of Optimum Nutrition Athletics. Down in the show notes, he's got his email. Dave and the team at Optimum Nutrition Athletics are absolutely amazing. They'll get everything that you need. I use their products every single day. I use the Gold Standard 100% Way for my post-workouts. If I need something quick for protein on the go throughout the day, and also if I need to grab a snack, I'll just grab one of the almonds, uh, some of the cake bites, and then also the crisps. Absolutely love the crisps and the almonds. So make sure you reach out to Dave Harvey of Optimum Nutrition Athletics, and thank you for being our sponsor. Excited to have JP Price here, Strong Barbell Club. This is take two. We just tried a second ago, and it, of course, didn't work due to my uh, stupid self. We're ready to roll now. We're professionals. So JP, this is a obviously awesome gym. Had its second to uh, kind of look around and everything like that. Yeah. So uh, this is Strong Barbell Club. We're here in North Kansas City. Uh, North Kansas City is actually its own city apart from Kansas City across the river. So that's why there's like uh, distilleries and breweries here because they're on well water. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I guess if you're obsessed over whatever you're doing, you want like the best source. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, we, we run it through a coal again, so we only the best for our members. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. I mean, you got Crane Brewing up here. Yeah. It's not too far away. Yeah, we've got, uh, we've got uh, what's the distillery down the street? I got all these barrels from. Um, we've got distillery down the street. We've got Cinderblock Brewery. Cinderblock's really um, good. Cinderblock's got some great stuff. And there's some fun little places down here like uh, Chicken and Pickle. And I guess uh, people told me that downtown here in Northtown, it was like tumbleweeds for years and years. And there were no businesses here. And yeah. you know, now there's a first watch and there's uh, they got luxury apartments going in and you know, all the Hawaiian bros, and it's a, it's an area that's really, like, come back, you know, mm-hmm. and so it's been nice for us. We still don't get any, like, foot traffic or anything, you know, mm-hmm. it's not, that's not what we're after. We're kind of a niche place, so right. a lot of people that would come in off the street, we would have a hard time telling them they didn't fit in, you know, to what we were trying to do, um, but over time, we also do want to open up what we offer, you know, to more people. Mm-hmm. We just don't quite have the space yet, right, you know. Right. And 6,000 square feet, if you're going to have, uh, you know, a competition-themed gym, you know, and competition racks and all those things, you know, at 6,000 square feet with as much office as we have, we, uh, we really ran out of space. And so, uh, you know, we're definitely going to have to grow in the next year or so and uh, accommodate more types of people um, to help pay for powerlifting and Olympic lifting, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. What I like is you've created a community. Yeah. A community where people can come to, right? right. So. I live in the area. I'm really close by, right? It's easy for me if I look up powerlifting gyms on Google. 
you're going to be the top place that people are going to recommend and everything like that. Right. I've had people reach out to me say, hey, I'm coming into Kansas City. Where do I live? They say, well, the only place you can probably go to is Strong Barbell. Yeah, I mean, before COVID hit, when we were open, uh, you know, probably for the first year straight, we've been open a little over two years. Mm-hmm. And until COVID hit, we had somebody come here from out of state every week. That's crazy. Um, until, you know, we couldn't host people anymore. Right. And, uh, and now we're kind of back to that. I mean, people are visiting here all the time. And, uh, you know, we make it cheap. It's 10 bucks. So, like, we want people to want to come experience what we're doing and be a part of it. Um, we're not trying to make it that hard, you know. Yeah. Um, like, you know, people always think, you know, like, am I allowed to go there? Is it, uh, you know, invite only? And I'm like, yeah, no. I mean, there's really good lifters here, but not everybody's, you know, that. We have all the spectrums from people who have just gotten started and they're working hand-in-hand hand with a coach to people who have done it for 20 years. Yeah. And, uh, you know, are still telling you about how they used to do it. You know what I mean? So we got everybody. Well, it's pretty cool because you give, you tailor it to everybody. Like you just said, from the beginner person, maybe they saw a video on Instagram. They're like, I think I maybe would kind of want to do that. Yeah. They have a place that they can go to. Yeah, we haven't advertised at all. Not one dollar. Um, you know, it's all Instagram and Facebook. And we, I mean, we don't really use Facebook. We just have a page <laughs> so that people can complain if they want. And, uh, <laughs> This <laughs> so Facebook's more for, I think. Right, yeah. Um, it's going to become your mom's app, you know. Yeah. But uh, so, uh, you know, we use Instagram for almost everything. And, uh, for example, I mean, you know, we'll sell shirts and we'll get, you know, tons of people on Instagram that want to buy them. We release a meet, you know, and there's 60 spots in the meet. And it filled in three days and we only advertised on Instagram. Yeah. Um, you know, we're really lucky. I mean, it's a tool that a lot of people like to bitch about, but I personally, I don't, I don't bitch about Instagram because it's free and mm-hmm. uh, it's let us build a business, you know, on its back. And, uh, you know, so I'm not going to complain too much about that. <laughs> it's, uh, it's been really good for us. And so, uh, you know, we, we, we've carried around 200 members and we can't really get bigger, you know. Uh, We'd like to be able to, I mean, because 200 members... The way the math breaks down, it doesn't quite, I mean, we're still a thousand short from being able to support Ethan and I, mm-hmm. both, to not do our regular day jobs. Right. Um, so I coach 50 athletes or more, and uh, I also run eight meets a year, and so uh, we just, we're very busy. Right. And then, uh, you know, we brought in a couple new coaches, and, and we're trying to spread the load a little bit, but, you know, until we're able to get Ethan from his day job, then we need to keep growing. And uh, so where we are there's only like one high school around yeah. because it's industrial yep. and people come here from all over the city to come here, but it also makes it easier to like end our membership because we don't require people to have a contract. Um, it's a lot easier to not come here, yeah. you know, for people and, and come here for short periods of time. Right. And so, uh, you know, we'd like to be in an area where we feel like we have more roots in that area. Mm-hmm. So like if we're in somewhere like North Johnson County, Yes. You know, or like uh, Merriam, yeah. uh, right along that I-75 I south. There's an opportunity in that area where you could be, you know, really set up. Yeah. There's, you know, seven high schools around and your gateway to Olathe and you're still just south of downtown. And exactly. I mean, we're in a great spot there. And then so I think that I kind of vision that a lot. And uh, I vision, you know, a ten to 12,000 square foot facility there. So... We're, we're always working on what's next and how are we going to build because we're always, like, at capacity. Yeah, and would you say that, you know, being that continual, like every single day of getting better, yeah. 
that has kind of maxed you out to where you're at right now? Because I'm sure in the beginning you were like, is this going to, like, are we going to get to where we need to be and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, we had, like, 85 members right away. I mean, I think we turned a profit yeah. in three months, um, and which was great, you know, because we didn't come into it with much debt at all. And so uh, we were able to turn around a profit really, really quick, have minimal risk, and have uh, good leases set up. Like, if we get out, of, if we, you know, had to get out of this building, it's only three months warning. And so, uh, you know, we're really in a good spot, and we've really had people help us out to get started. And uh, so for us... You know, we've got three, five, ten-year plan type of stuff in our head, and we always have to think about what's next because we've been stagnant around 200 members for a year, um, between 180 and 200. And so the thing is, is we can't grow from here. We're not yeah. in an area where we can grow. It's right. like we're not going to get more people to drive 40 minutes to come here. Right, exactly. You know? And we're not getting the high school kids five minutes away either. Right, exactly. You now we're getting high school kids from other districts, you know, and other areas that want to come here and get better. But, uh, you know, it's just tough because it's not a community gym, you know, yeah. for this area. Yeah, I know what you mean by that. And I think it'd be awesome if it wasn't more down south and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like you said, for the foot traffic and just right. the amount of people and everything like well, that. Well, you just imagine if you were a kid in a Shawnee Mission school and they were thinking, okay, well, the way to get stronger is to go to this place five miles away. Yes. You know? Yeah. Um, a lot more people would know about us if we were there. Um, you know, we don't, we don't put any effort into that right now because we know it's not – like we have kids come here and there's some that make it work and they're really really exceptional but it's really uh it's easier sometimes not to start doing that because it's tough for them to keep it up yeah, yeah exactly. because you know you have to think whenever i meet a kid i think about their schedule and i've told parents like i'm sorry i can't work with them they're too busy because if they can't come in here to do what they need to do and everything's getting like short changed and the, their whole life's probably that way right. and i don't want them giving you know shit effort towards everything because they're overbooked and uh, so I'll just tell a parent, like, that's not what we're into here. Yeah. You know, we want your kid to be optimal, and that's not it. Yeah. You know? So have you – do you have high school kids that come in right now and train? Do you guys have yeah. any, like, college especially athletes that summer. come back? or Yeah, especially anything? in the summer. In the summertime you guys do? Mm -hmm. oh, that's pretty cool. You talked about you do your own coaching. Is it – so of it in person? Is it online? Yeah, so a little bit of both. Okay. Um, so that's what keeps me paid is right. uh, coaching. So I work with, you know, probably 10 people or so in person, and then – um, 50 people or so online and uh, so uh, like today I have sessions all afternoon which isn't always that normal for me usually I have about four a day right um, you know so I work about you know a quarter time or a third time as a trainer yeah. and then uh, you know the rest of it's running the gym what do you see with your athletes when you train with them like what kind of athletes are you working with here gen pop are you working yeah. with people that are mostly powerlifting competitors okay, but gotcha. I also work with a few gen pop you know okay. I work with a mother and daughter that just want to look good that's cool. you know i work with you know whoever i work with athletes that you know are you know ranked you know in the top 20 or 40 in their class in football in high school you know that mm -hmm. kind of thing um you know and then kids who just want to get bigger we got a kid that comes in that's came in at 106 pounds at 15 years old and wanted to get bigger and gain weight for sports and you know he's at like 123 and he's squatting mm -hmm. over a plate for reps you know it's yeah. like little success stories like that that's a uh, Big big ups to little Ethan and Cade. <laughs> Ethan's gonna Ethan's gonna probably hit puberty because I just mentioned him on the podcast. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think I actually heard his uh, armpit hair. He just grew armpit hair. He just grew his first armpit hair. To Dude, this. that's freaking awesome. I'm just kidding. Ethan's the man. We uh, we just have great relationships with you guys. I also work with some special Olympians. Um, yesterday I saw that. we that's sponsored really cool. our first special Olympian, and uh, just trying to figure out how to. Uh, serve that community has been interesting 
you know, and, uh, you know, because everybody wants to have their own opinion of what everybody needs. Right. And so uh, I was just looking for, you know, how do I put what I do and my resources into that group and how can I best serve them? And, uh, you know, mostly Charlie just tells me what he wants and I just do what he wants and it makes me look good. Yeah. And uh, because I'm just doing what Charlie wants and that's what the community needs, you know, because yeah. that's what his idea is. That's pretty cool. So my thing is, is that, you know, you're somebody that's totaled over, you know, 2,300 uh-huh. pounds. Yeah. So you've done a lot in your lifting career, but to be able to give back, yeah. that's what I find to be very, very cool. Yeah. Well, I can't lift that much anymore, so I got to do yeah. nice things. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, uh, I've always been that way. I mean, I played Santa. I still do. I, uh, that's cool. I played Santa for dogs when I was younger, like in college <laughs> for my mom. Yeah. And then uh, it turned into doing it for humans, and then I got serious about it and grew out the real be- real beard. And that's why I first grew out my beard is because I could play Santa, and uh, I thought I could be better. And so I was like, I'll just grow a beard out for a year, and it worked. <laughs> and I, I colored it white with, like, this, like, cream color and stuff that you, like, comb into it. And uh, it was magic, you know. It worked out great. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I got my own, like, crushed red velvet suit. And <laughs> I was, uh, when I was 400 pounds, uh, I was really good at it. I didn't need a pillow or nothing. That is wild. Yeah. So I played Santa. You played Santa. You're always giving back to the community, so it sounds all, like. So uh, the best part is, like, after I... got to get some I, pictures of that. Kate hasn't seen this yet, but, like, I'll, uh, I'll play Santa, and then I'll come here. Yeah. And I'll, like, take my pants off and, like, sit down here and have a beer. And then I'll, uh, out earlier in the morning, I'll put out a video on Instagram and I'll say, it'll be like a question box. Yeah. yeah. And I'll say, send me the kids in your lives' names or whatever. And, uh, and I'll send them a greeting. Yes. And so, uh, I sent out, like, sometimes I'll send out like 80, 100 greetings sitting here just ripping videos off Instagram to people and, uh, talking to their kids, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and their nephews and nieces and, you know, boyfriends and girlfriends, whoever. If anybody, I mean, you have a lot of followers, obviously, on Instagram. What I've noticed when following you is just the positivity side of everything. You had a thing, um, I can't remember when it was, but it was like Perfect Week or something like that. Like, that to me was like, I I was like. some Perfect Weeks right now. (laughs) Your buddy's a little thick right now. (laughs) Nutrition coach over here is like, yeah, you need some Perfect Weeks, you fat piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, about a year ago, I was working with uh, John Heck, who's a good nutrition coach. Uh, He also uh, coaches uh, Division I Strength and Conditioning in North Carolina. His dad coaches line for the Chiefs. His brother plays for the Texans. And uh, he's got his jersey sitting over here. He works out here when he's in town. And uh, so um, I was working with John, and I was having good weeks, but I was, like, snacking at night and fucking up and, you know, not doing as good as I could have. And John was like, you know, he got my ass one day around 4th of July last year. He's like, you know, hey, you're a fucking all-star athlete. You're good at lifting. You're good at anything you've ever tried to do. And you're going to have these shit weeks. Like, you know, you deserve to have a perfect week. Like, you're better than that. Yeah. And I was like, all right, fine. So, like, I mentioned it on my story, and it turned into a thing. Huge. You know, I just was like, hey, I'm going to try to have a perfect week. And then everybody hopped onto it. It's funny. I, I, I will yell that some weeks mm-hmm. in my house with my wife when I'm, like, say, eating lunch or something like that. I'm like, perfect week. And she's like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, but I'm just prepping weeks. food, getting ready for the, getting I ready for the week. I would have never known, but, you know, it's something, you know, you never know what people think is, like, something that they follow, you know? Yeah. You never know what people hear. And I'm, like, the last person sometimes to think people, you know, are going to think anything special about something I have to say. Right. Um, but here and there, you know, you just sometimes feel like you need to say something, you know. Yeah. But uh, typically if I do, it's because, like, I really, really, really feel like it, you know. Yeah, well, and like I said, 
Like, I don't talk all that often, so I, when right. I do, I try to make it worthwhile. What you do post and what you what you put in your stories and everything like that, it's you, it's always very positive. Yeah. It's not, there's, you know, because there's so much negativity that's going on outside around us. And I think, especially in powerlifting, I mean, there's a lot of negativity where people... I mean, I'm sure I would get more attention if I just posted, you know, negative bullshit that exactly. was clickbaity and hot topic. But uh, it's just not the interactions I'm interested in having. Exactly. You know, I'd rather... Uh, you know, feel good every day and try to feel good and, and work on that. Yeah. And because uh, I think it's a choice. Um, you know, there's a lot of shit that you can feel bad over and you have to choose whether you feel bad or good about it at that time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, nobody wants, you know, your sad, your sad, you know, self that, you know, can't control what's going on around them. They want, you know, you to feel happy and, and get your best. And so, exactly. you know, I try to figure out how to find that and give it to people, you know, and I don't always have my best. You know, but I'm trying to figure it out. You know? Yeah, well, always being that beacon of light, you mm-hmm. know, some kind of hope and everything like that, and in a pretty dark place is always really nice. Yeah, I mean, it's a choice to feel good, and so I try to choose to feel good. And then, you know, typically when you know people like that that choose that, the more people you know, the more they feel that way, the more it like affects others around them. You know. Yeah, I mean, you surround yourself with those kind of people eventually. Yeah, it's the thermostat thermometer stuff. It's like, uh, you know, my I had this talk with my kids yesterday. <laughs> Uh, the uh, internet network at my house and the password is be a thermostat and uh, a, just a reminder so my kids are like what's the be, be, be a thermostat and I was like be a thermostat <laughs> and they're like okay be a thermostat and I was, like, I was like no it's be a thermostat and I was like do you know what a thermostat is and they're like yeah and I go uh, okay so there's thermometers and there's thermostats thermometers you know, if you're a thermometer person, you walk into a room and you conform to the temperature of the room. If it's cold and dark, then you become cold and dark. If it's hot, if it's bright and cheery, you become bright and cheery. Um, but you're not in control of yourself. You're, in con- you're not in control of your surroundings. They control you. And a lot of us feel that way. Yeah. Um, more of us. It's easier, you know, to feel that way. It's easy when you walk into a room of people talking shit to talk shit. And it's hard to turn the tide sometimes and put your foot down. Yeah. Especially if it makes you uncomfortable, you should probably do it. And then, uh, but if you're a thermostat, you set the temperature. And then, uh, you know, you are unwaveringly yourself at whatever degree you want to be. And, uh, you know, you could, other people conform to that temperature around them. Well, they're going to be able to sniff that out if you're not being yourself. Yeah. Most yeah, people yeah. will find out. Yeah, if it's fake, then they know. It's, uh, you know, it's whether you're genuine or not, you exactly. know, about what you're doing. And uh, so I just choose to try to be a thermostat, you know, or it's, it's kind of how I've always been. And then, uh, you know, other people get that choice, too. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. You talked about, you know, getting to feeling better and everything like that. Obviously, you've been putting up stuff, getting back into lifting. You said mm-hmm. so many weeks out and everything like that. Got a meet coming up. How yeah. are you feeling with your own lifting? Uh, you know, it's got its moments. Right. Uh, my bench is incredibly predictable, which is fine. You know, it's uh, normal for me. Um, you know, I kind of am in tune with what's going on there typically pretty well. I mean, within a degree. I've missed some reps here and there, but not, you know, not anything that affects me mentally. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, a squat, I have to be careful, you know, because we squat on Sundays and over the weekend, we do a lot to, like, upset our system sometimes, whether it's eating or drinking or, you know, the way we move our bodies. And uh, so I had hurt my ankle a week ago. It's been making me limp every day for a week. 
And because I've been limping every day, that hurts my low back a little bit because I'm sensitive there. Um, and so if I limp for a certain amount of time, it's enough time for me not to be neutral. Right. And then uh, it can compromise my stability in my spine a little bit. So uh, that's why yesterday I, had, I, was, I, I fell back a little bit on my squat programming. So what my goal was was to do, uh, I did uh, 580 with 120 pounds in chains, and then I did 600 with 100, and I was going to progress over a couple weeks at a time to 620 and 80 or 90, okay. you know, and then uh, massage it up to, you know, 640 plus 60, and then I was going to reset one more time before the meet and uh, do straight weight and do the same kind of thing, like gently massage that number up week after week. Um, which I've had success doing and uh, try to get to 700 is the goal and uh, mm -hmm. you know I really have high belief in my squats just because it's I'm just, I'm good at it you yeah. know and uh, it makes me like really really have a lot of mental power even though but I haven't missed any in training I don't really think you know not since I've come back I may, maybe I missed one and like the guys had to help me up but like I don't really feel, I feel like I've been pretty in tune with like what my squat can do. And I always have deadlift is a little bit of a mystery because I always, uh, start out not great. And then I finish strong. And so it's like, I need extra attempts. Yeah. <laughs> um, but deadlift, like, uh, this week I've got deadlift. I've got two reps at 600. So, um, we're starting to push into 600, which I haven't in a while. I did 640 like back around the new year, but then there was a lot of like travel and things that really affected my back this uh, spring in summer like my ankle stuff and you know i went into a period of like where my back was feeling really banged up and uh you know it's just trying to get everything back to normal you know is always the battle so yeah. i can get back on program and so like it keeps knocking me off so um you know i'm probably i'm probably close to you know 640 or so on squat and deadlift right now but i need i need another 60 pounds out of both to get where i want to go right so right i'd like the total 2000 and uh so I need to go seven six seven, and uh, I don't know if I'm probably not going to deadlift seven hundred pounds to be honest, but um, but maybe I can squat seven twenty. Exactly, you, <laughs> you never know. know. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, you never know what your Who's body's capable of. And uh, like yesterday, I've been in pain for a week and limping every fucking day, and and like hurting every single day a lot. And yesterday I squatted six oh six. I was shocked, you know. Exactly. And uh, you just never know. And uh, it wasn't great, and it didn't feel that good, but uh, you just never know what you're capable of, so I'll just pour it on and see where we end up. I mean, you could have the worst eight weeks ever going into a meet, and then on meet day, it just all kind of flows together. Yeah, you never know. You never uh, know. So, you know, I've got it all in my head. You know, I'd like to open around 620 and go around 670 and, you know, go from there, but we'll see. What I think is important is that you've set a plan out. Like, yeah. you've set a road on where you want to go. You have yeah. benchmarks on getting there. So many people want to do the meet before the meet happens. Yeah. Well, it's like uh, earlier in the year I benched 600, and I was like, oh, that's a little early. And so I, I did it Love twice, it. and then I, like, backed off, and I did overhead press for, like, six weeks or eight weeks, and I didn't bench that much just to save my shoulders and my pecs. And then because uh, I've torn my pecs before. Uh -huh. And uh, so I know I have to take breaks. So then when I come back, I was at, like, 573. I had to build back up. That's okay. I only need to bench 600 once. Exactly. You know, and uh, and I told him, I was like, hey, I only want to bench 600 one time. It's like, you know, maybe once in training again and then at the meet. And uh, you don't have to do it over and over and over. Like, I just need it that one time, you know.
Yeah. Well, because I know I'm not gonna get to like six thirty. Right. If I pushed it and poured it on, I'm not getting to six thirty. And so, like, it's like there's limits that you know are gonna happen the longer you've done this. Mm-hmm. And I might be able to get to like six seventeen, but not six thirty. So I'm not. There's no sense in pushing it all year and risking injury when you can pull back and have a sure thing. Exactly. If you're smart. You can always pull back and always always rebuild. And mm-hmm. like you said, is the juice worth the squeeze to get that extra 30 pounds? Right. And you pop a peck, and then, oh, yeah, you can't even bench. Right. Well, you start to get banged up when you're really, really specific for a long time. Yeah. Like powerlifting. And uh, not necessarily in the squat because it's how you should move anyway. But the bench is, like, a little bit more foreign to the body. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. I agree with that. You see a lot of people, they'll come off of a meet. Um, a really good friend of mine, uh, Shot Guillermo. He talked to me about this. He said, post me, he won't use a straight bar at all for anything because, he, you know, he just doesn't want to. Uh, he's banged up from that straight bar for 12-plus weeks. Yeah, you know, when I was bigger, that was how I was. I don't mind the straight bar now because it's not so hard for me. But uh, there's a lot of times where I would take breaks from it. Yeah, I think it's good to take breaks and stuff like that. Now, how – let's go to the coaching side of that. How do you communicate that with your athletes on, like, hey, let's draw back a little bit here? Typically after they compete, we drop back and we do – uh, pretty high volume with like a safety squat bar, something a little more natural, maybe a cambered, um, you know, something where they can, uh, you know, not have to have their shoulders up in that spot and that repeated, you know, specificity over and over and over. And also if we can get them at like a higher bar, then that'll pitch them forward a little bit and have them uh, more in their quads and on the ball of their foot. And so, uh, you know, you're just developing a little bit different part of the squat. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. To kind of backtrack a little bit, though, and within your own lifting and everything like that. It's also a time we experiment, too. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, that's true. For a little bit, you know. Oh, we're yeah. going to work on hook grips, see if we got that in our tool bag or not. Oh, we don't. Okay, we'll move on. And uh, so it's a time to try some shit, too. Yeah, I like that. I mean, because you're so, I mean, the next meet's so far out. It's right. like, we might as well try some stuff out while we can. Yeah. And two volume getting high a little bit, too, as right. well. Because, I mean. For sure. If we're gonna have it keep getting low, I mean, you're just gonna keep getting banged up, keep getting banged up. Why do you think so many powerlifters love to have that, like walking into the meet, like, oh, I feel like this, this, and that? It's like, right. I'm kind of the counterintuitive. I want to feel really good going into the meet versus banged up. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, like the weeks that we just came out of, or the weeks are supposed to feel worse for like Cade. Um, you know, when you're 12 to eight weeks out, it should be pretty challenging, even to six. Those last six, I mean, I just don't feel like you should be doing anything that's going to make you feel like shit. Yeah, exactly. You know? And you hear so many people that, like, push it forward, push it forward, and then they get into the meet, and they're like, oh, I just feel terrible. And I'm like, well, maybe if you wouldn't have been doing all that six weeks ago. The last three weeks, I really dropped the accessories a lot. Really? Just try to enhance recovery as much as possible. Right, because you want to have fatigue as low as you possibly can going into that meet and everything like that. Right, you want to feel real fresh. What are some of the biggest mistakes you maybe made in your – prior you know experience uh you know um just sometimes like if i was hurt going into a meet i like maybe came in out of shape you know where it was just challenging to make all my attempts because i was not training enough um you know uh i'd say you know ignoring my deadlift training a little bit i didn't i didn't push my i was not very good at deadlifting and i didn't push my training on it if i was going to miss a day it'd be that one um even now and when I was really good at it, I was only training two to four days a week. Um, usually never four, but three, two. Wow. So you talked about conditioning-wise, though. Do you implement any conditioning with your athletes? Yeah, I mean, depending on who the athlete is and what their goals are. Right. Um, they can also do that for themselves, too, just depending on, you know, what they're up to. Okay, gotcha. Just depending. Yeah, you know. and walking, yeah. stuff sometimes like that. It's, sometimes it's, you know, 
Tabata intervals on the bike, or it's you know rowing, oh, and I like that. ski erging, and stuff like that. But sometimes it's more you know strongman related. You know, it just depends. Yeah. <coughs> well, I like to be able to blend a little bit of that strongman stuff with the powerlifting, especially yeah. if it's after a meet and everything like yeah. that. I think that's really good just for. Yeah, and I also try to like you know spend their time wisely. You mm-hmm. know, it's yeah. like hey, you know, what do we have time for? Like, do I want you getting out stuff for a half hour and you know. Yeah. Spending more time at the gym when you're not in meat prep or, you know, do you want, you know, 60 to 75 minute workouts? That's a great thing that you just brought up because I had a conversation with somebody the other day about that. So, like, I have a nine-month-old son. Yeah. I get about four hours a week, so I get four yeah. sessions at an hour. Yeah. And I have got to get so, get it in uh, within an hour. So, here's here's how we did it when we had kids. Was, yeah. uh, so, Jenna, my ex, who's, uh, who's awesome, you know, we get along great and we've always, uh, you know, valued fitness at a high level. And uh, so, like for our second kiddo, when we had our first kiddo, Jack, um, was when I got into powerlifting when he was a, you know, infant or toddler. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I would squat on Sundays at noon because he took a nap. So he would nap from like noon to three. I had really good sleepers. He'd nap from Lucky. noon to three, and I would squat, and then I'd get home, and we'd do dinner, and it's like I was never gone. And then uh, on the weekdays, they went to bed at seven thirty. And so I'd be getting ready for bed at 7, and i get ready to go to the gym. Mm. And so uh, I always worked out while they slept. And so I would be at the gym till 10 p.m. on Tuesday and Thursday, benching and deadlifting. But I never missed a workout because I just set up my life to where, you know, it was as convenient as possible. It's harder now with baseball games and stuff. Right. But I'm still able to keep it pretty consistently Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday at those same times, even when they don't take naps now as uh, six- and nine-year-olds. So when we were in the hospital for our second kiddo, it was Thursday, and he was born in the afternoon. And I was like, when he was, they took him away so we could relax a little bit. And I was like, hey, uh, you know, we get home on Saturday. Uh, what's the plan this weekend? And she said, well, on Sunday you squat. Wow. So we already had a plan. You already had a plan so out. For every dad that comes up to me and says, well, I had kids, and I used to, and I had dreams, and I had this, and I had okay. that. It's like, no, you just didn't care enough about yourself to figure it out yeah the same thing happened with us we flipped the training like i flipped mine saturday sunday and then tuesday wednesdays yeah that's when i can get it in yeah and you and you make it you make it work uh you know the you you talk about positivity and one thing i talk about a lot that not enough people hear in my opinion of what i say because i don't i don't hear it back enough is uh that you're able to choose how to use this sport to make your life better. And a lot of people choose to use it to bitch and moan. Yes. And because they want to, it's easier. Mm-hmm. It's easier for negativity. It's easier to make a big deal about dry scooping your shit. It's easier to make a big deal about your rep belt and wrist wraps. It's easy to ask for attention and ask for sympathy, you know, rather than to just be yourself and try to, you know, gain praise. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's way easier. Yeah, because you can suck and you can get attention for, you know, sucking. Exactly. And uh, and people like that too. <laughs> and it's one of those things. It's like, uh, you know, you have a choice in all these things, and you can choose to use it for good or bad in your life. And so I always preach that people should choose to use it to serve them. Yeah. And so, uh, oh, you can't make four days. Well, let's figure out how to make three. Exactly. Don't beat yourself up. Don't make it something where it's negative. Like figure out how to use it. You know, not how to make it an adversarial relationship. Yeah, yeah, you know, for sure. I get tired of that because you have a choice whether you want this to be positive or negative, and the fact that people choose negative all the time is just appalling to me. I never understood why you would do something if you didn't want to have fun with it. Yeah. Why, if you're if you're gonna do it, why not just have fun, enjoy yeah, it? Exactly. 
I had that conversation with Matt Rhodes. I've talked about it before on the podcast. I wasn't having fun with my training. He said, try this, do yeah. this and that. I changed it up. And I'm like, I texted him like a couple weeks later. I said, this is fun. Yeah. Like I'm having fun again. Like, thank you. Yeah. Like you can choose you that. It different. Yeah, that's a, that's a that's a big one for for sure. Yeah, it's it, hard to get people to take off strength sometimes, like you know, because your strength will go down when you change things a lot, and uh, and that's fine. It'll come back. Was that was that a hard thing for you when when you had your injuries and stuff oh, yeah. like that? Yeah. Yeah, it was depressing. I had to take a lot of time off to the point where I just couldn't do it anymore. That's and what, I, yeah. And I stopped taking time off and <laughs> and uh, tried to come back in a smart way, and that's where. Um, so uh, when I needed to rehab, and the hospital wasn't helping me anymore. Um, I went to Stuart Miguel. Yep. I got to stay at his house. He treated me. It was a dream. You know, he was amazing. Told me to take a bunch of time off. I did until I couldn't anymore. And yeah. then I had to move and, and uh, violate his program a little bit. And uh, just mentally, I just couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. And uh, then we found Dr. Locke, who worked with Stu, and uh, kind of saw that as a way to find something new to do. And Dr. Locke was more like, hey, uh, let's try to figure out all the ways you can move, yeah. not the ways you can't. And, uh, and that took, and that's what got me on the road to like going forward with recovery, um, is I had to chill enough to recover and heal. And then I had to get back into it the right way. Mm -hmm. So like a year and like 13 months ago, I squatted zero deadlift zero, you know? So it's all come back in a year. That's amazing. Yeah. Not well, all, obviously I'm not you know, as strong as I was, but. I you're still moving pretty good weight. Yeah. I mean, I would dream to, to move that kind of weight. Yeah, I mean, it's I'm, I feel lucky to, to do it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, at least I get that fun now. You know, if it sucks sitting exactly. here, all my friends are out there having fun. Yeah, I mean, that's the you thing. Know. If you're having fun, that's that's the most important thing. Yeah. Um, we'll kind of wind down here a little bit here. If people want to follow you on social media, obviously. Yeah. So, uh, JP Lifts underscore yeah JP Lifts underscore SBC on Instagram. We have a Facebook that we never use, and. Uh, you know, uh, I answer all the Strong Barbell Club stuff, too. Mm -hmm. Except I haven't. If anybody's messaged us in the last two weeks, I'm sorry. I don't I don't remember the password. <laughs> and I don't want to be logged back in. So One thing you talked about earlier that I wanted to pinpoint, too, you do the meat directing and everything uh -huh. like that. I think that is so important to be able to give back and, be, and have an awesome meat director. So uh, when it came to officiating and meat directing, so somebody found me and asked me to do it. Cool. Um, the state chair rodney down in the southeast or southwest missouri he um he said uh i had real strict standards for the movements and you know if you can read you should know the rules mm -hmm. and so uh i uh am big on squat depth and you know all those things being done the right way and uh so he asked me if i wanted to be an official and i always felt that if you're ever going to bitch about anything then you better be willing to make it better Same. and i really wanted to bitch a lot and so i really wanted to help and uh, so I didn't like the way people were lifting. I didn't like the standards and the rules not being set. And so uh, I became an official, and then I became a meat director so I could help fix those two things. So I think that's awesome. Yeah, and it just, like, our standard here at the gym in general is really high. Yeah. In general, like, we don't have a lot of people that – we're not known for shitty lifts here at Strong Barbell Club. We're known for good ones. And that's very true. If, yeah. you, if you look at online, you can see just how the monsters that come out of here. But it's not just – they're moving heavy weight. They're moving right. heavy weight with good form. Yeah, there's just not a lot of not a lot of people that hate on what we do here, and it's because yeah. we do it well. No, represents Kansas City very well. Yeah, yeah, or, it really that's does. What we want to do, you know, we want to be the best at everything in a positive way. You know, like uh, you know, if the next best powerlifting gym around here has one set of kilos, one combo rack, well, I'm gonna have seven. <laughs> and uh, you know, if somebody has one monolift, I'm gonna have four. 
And, uh, you know, we're going to be doing the most for the sport here. And uh, we always will. And uh, we just want to keep being able to do that for a while. Love it. I mean, like I said, it's a great representation of the city and everything like that. But we'll get you in here in the last question. What are you grateful for? Um, I'm just grateful for a chance, you know, to uh, to just do what I want. And uh, to be able to get up and do what you want every day. I think a lot of people don't get that opportunity or try. Um, You know, because I did a lot of things before this that were for money or for, you know, a job or whatever. But uh, to get to do what you want and then to to be able to have, you know, energy left in you for everybody else because you're not getting it sucked out of you all day, I think is, uh, is, is great, you know. And uh, it's harder to learn how to balance it sometimes because you don't yeah. just leave it at work. But I'm just really grateful to get to do what I want every day and then get to be, you know, an example to my kids of somebody that, you know, got to do what they wanted to because they were passionate enough about it. Exactly. I yeah. love that, man. That's awesome. Well, I appreciate you, JP, for being on here, allowing yeah, me to come you. to the gym, um, just being here. It's awesome, man. Thank you, buddy. All right, everybody, make sure you follow him on social media and stay strong.